Welcome to our second episode today. It's a bumper day because it's Wednesday, 8th of March, and it's International Women's Day. So this morning you might have heard our episode with Angie, Gail and Maria uh, and the conversation we had around the importance of championing women. It's a very interesting lim- uh, listen, so make sure you go back and listen to that episode when you can. But now we are joined by Lou, Donna and Kate. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Ladies, please let me know your name, your agency, where you're based and how long you've been in property. Lou, let's start with you. Hello, um, I'm Lou Fletcher. The agency is Piccolo Sales and Lettings. We are based in Wilton, which is close to Salisbury. And I've been in property for over 20 years. I've now stopped counting. (laughs) And Donna? Hi, I'm Donna. I'm from Millbank's estate agents. That's in Atterborough in Norfolk. I've been in estate agents for over 26 years. And I'll stop counting soon. And Kate? I'm Kate Taylor from Taylor & Co Estate Agents and we are based in Abergavenny in Wales. I've been in property and I know the um, exact date. It's 22 years because it was after returning to work from maternity leave. Ah, So we've got some very longevity amongst us. So we've, of course, got Ian as well again. And Ian, you're going to let me take the reins again on this aren't you you're gonna take a bit of a back seat yeah absolutely indeed (laughs) so um like I said we did have a conversation earlier this morning and just to reiterate again the theme of International Women's Day this year is embrace equity so first of all let's start with why do you think anyone can take the floor that it is important to celebrate International Women's Day I think it's important because um, we can celebrate what all the women in um, have achieved since the turn of, say, the 20th century. Um, If we think back to suffragettes and just celebrate what um, we are able to do now that we couldn't do then, but also to recognise around the world that there are women that haven't necessarily got the same opportunities that we have. um, And just to remember them and do what we can do to, to support them, too. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, again, uh, you know, women have, the, the women who've got us here today, as you mentioned, the suffragettes. Um, and I was actually, um, I, I did actually look up that they're, according to the United Nations, um, women actually um, make up at the moment still 70% of the world's uh, 1.3 billion people in poverty. So that's a lot of women, you know, who's not as as fortunate as ourselves um, that we need to remember. And there's also a lot of uh, things that we, again, we perhaps don't realize uh, that uh, women are still not allowed to, uh, in 72 countries, uh, again, I I noticed that um, they don't actually allow women to even open a bank account or anything like that. So there's still a lot of um, work to do, I believe as well. So I think it's great that we have the International Women's Day to actually celebrate how far we've come, but also to remind us that there's still a lot of work to be done as well. Yeah, I think that that's a really important point is that while we maybe sometimes might not see the importance of International Women's Day because we are in this country and in this industry so lucky 
to have the equal opportunities that we have. There are people in the world, like you say, Donna and Kate, that haven't seen the same opportunities as us. So I I personally think that's why it's such a great reason to celebrate. Lou, would you are you in agreement or? Yeah, totally. In fact, I've got I've got two um, grown up daughters now, and I was talking to them last night about doing this. And we were discussing all the benefits of it. And and at lunchtime today in the office again, we've been talking about International Women's Day, which we wouldn't be, perhaps be talking about these issues because it's so easy to forget in this country how fortunate we are. Um, and by just having this marked day in the calendar, it just does, does give us the opportunity to discuss it with our with our peer groups and with our employees and staff and family and friends but yeah it keeps keeps the movement going I think that's so rightly because it's um easier dare I say that dare I say it for us more mature women to have the confidence but also to acknowledge that the younger women that are coming up through our industry um don't necessarily have the experience of life that we have and it's supporting them um in just saying that you can achieve what you want to achieve because we have done it and we're here to support you um to get to where we have got to or wherever it is that you need to be um so it's helping the younger women too definitely it's amazing to have role models like you women and the ladies we spoke to as well it's great to see strong women like you guys in our network paving the way for younger younger people like myself so I think that leads quite nicely on to my next question about the workplace we've spoken a lot about um international women's day as a whole in society around the world but how about in our industry do you think that the property industry has got some catching up to do or do you think that we are at a point that meets other industries how do you think that that has panned out yeah i i totally think that we've certainly caught up a lot in this industry i think women are now being seen more and more um in the you know front line in, in manager roles um in actually starting their own um, companies up so i really think um I think there's still a little way to go, I think, in some respects, but I do think that women have certainly made their mark in the property industry. I think from when I started, um, there was um, perhaps an acknowledgement of, of gender, but as I've got older and certainly within my company um, uh, now, most of us are uh, female um, and I don't particularly consider gender as being an issue in in property I, d I think it's much less of a an issue than it was decades ago definitely yeah I'd agree with that Kate we, we spoke in the other podcast about the balance between male and female uh, and the question I the question I asked was is there more of an imbalance when you get in balance when you get to senior management or business ownership I don't know if you guys have got a view on that I don't um I don't personally even um, think about myself as being female when I'm going to meetings or pitching for business, meeting people. My my gender doesn't actually come into it at all. It's just the confidence of of who you are and um, being able to listen to people um, again, give give that life experience, um, and just be able to talk to people um, comes comes with age, but confidence in what you're doing from your longevity of service. So I don't think of it as a gender issue. No. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. And I think um, with women as well, obviously with um, buying and selling a property, it's emotional time anyway. And I get told by myself that I'm quite empathetic with people. You know, you've got a lot of empathy for them. And and I think that shows. And if you show you, you 
caring. I don't know if women seem to be that little bit more caring, showing mm. um, to, to people. That really, um, I, I think, is a plus. But I'm not saying men can't, but I just think they they probably feel a bit more uh, confident that the woman is more caring than and empathetic than maybe a man is sometimes. Mm. I'm not saying all, <laughs> I'm not saying all, but... No, of course, buying a property or selling a property for whatever reason is quite a, doesn't need to be dealt with a lot of compassion, doesn't it? So maybe that is more of a female... Yeah. ...a quality that is attributed to females more than men. Like you say, it's not to say that men aren't empathetic or compassionate, yeah. but generally speaking, you would consider that to be quite a female um, attribute. So, Lou, I know you've got quite a lot of women on your team, haven't you? I'm interested to know whether that is a conscious decision, because like we say, women are maybe more empathetic and have the qualities that you need, especially with lettings to deal with maybe sometimes more difficult um, clients and things. But is that a conscious decision or do you just employ the best person for the job? No, absolutely. it's really interesting. because I do think lettings and sales is very, very different when it comes to the the role and whether it's better suited to men or women and this is pro probably completely non-PC um so yes I've always just recruited the best person for the job it just so happens that that's always been women um I always kind of think that maybe women are biologically able to juggle lots of balls so with lettings it's always you've always got hundreds of balls in the air and women just seem to be much better at that juggling act um of course interestingly most of our work is property management where for the most part, we're dealing with men. There's always a really interesting dynamic. Um, and of course, they're always in and out of the office. And, you know, it's, um, it's a very, you end up having a very close relationship with the contractors. And it always sort of kind of tickles me that they come in and they're faced with a team of girls who will do anything they can to get the job done quicker um, and, to, you know, calling in favours. Um, yeah, so I always just think that's quite interesting. You don't really get that with sales, I think. And Kate, what's your um, team like at Taylor & Co? So I, a third of them are men and the rest of us are, are women. And um, I agree with Lou. I don't, I, I've never considered gender when someone's applied for the job. It's the best person for the job. Um, and I tend to choose people that can listen. So those that um, uh, have great empathy and can listen tend to be the right candidates for me because you can train um, anyone to be anything that you want them to be, but you've got to have those basic skills to start with. I, I don't think you can learn something like that. You have to, um, it, uh, it has to be innate within you. And Donna, Millbank's team, have you got many women on your team? We are all women apart from the director. Of course, you know, Tony Bales. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have had men in the past. We've had a couple of um, men listers. And again, it just happens to who is best for the job at the time. It's not that we want a man or a woman, but it is just who fits, yeah, the, who comes along and who fits the role, really. And it just happens that we are all women at the moment. I was always taught in an agency that an, that an office should reflect its environment. And so if you work in a, uh, a city centre, um, then you might go for maybe a younger more dynamic team regardless of gender if you work in a village location you might go for a more established mature team because that's reflecting the environment that you're in um, so in a world where uh, uh, irrefutably irrefutably there are chauvinists in in society how do you think you fare as an all-women team 
when you're having to go out and value homes from a sales perspective and a lettings perspective, and then you know, and you might be with a chauvinist, but of course they don't have a label or a badge on their on their on their shirt or jacket. Um, do you experience anything from your customer base? Because it sounds like you've got your offices very nicely sorted, but what about from your customers? I think that's quite an easy question to answer because if you go out um, and you've researched thoroughly what it is that you're going to see and you're speaking with experience and authority and you can give them the evidence to back up what you're telling them. I've never ever had an issue with my gender when I've been pitching for business. But if you go out there um, not doing your homework or not doing your research, you quite rightly expect to be shown the door. And I don't think that's a, a male or a female issue. So yes, do your, do your research, know what you're talking about and then they can trust what you're telling them. I love that answer. It's awesome answer. I totally agree. I've yes, you're you're quite right. We occasionally meet chauvinists, but as you say, if you know your stuff, and and sometimes it's really nice to impress that way because mm. it's quite often the last thing they're expecting, and especially as when we've got all these years of experience behind us, yeah. that that you know is is worth its weight in gold. Mm. Um, so I've never, never had an issue. It's always it's quite fun. It's quite it's a challenge, I think, to um, meet somebody like that, to mm. work out how you're going to manage them. Uh, Kate, you're absolutely right. Know your subject, go in with confidence, deliver it, and then allow people mm. to come to, come to their own conclusions. Holly, you were going to ask a question about other things. Yeah, well, I've got plenty of questions, and I think some of the discussions we've had have covered some of them. So one of my questions was how you think your gender has affected your career, and it sounds like it hasn't affected any of you because remember it could be in a positive way. I think that my role is positively affected by me being female. I work in social media. So I think that that is quite a female led industry. Um, so I would say that it's enhanced my career, but would you all say that it's neither enhanced or inhibited? It could just be neutral. What do you think? I don't think it's um, inhibited me. I think um, I had a very matriarchal mother and my mother-in-law ran her own business. So I, came, I come from a family of quite strong women and it's always been a push for determination in whatever you do to succeed. Um, so it never particularly enters my head that it's not going to work. It's quite a kamikaze approach, really. I always just think it's going to succeed because I'm I'm doing it. <laughs> I just I just go for it, and I try and instill that in my my staff as well. It's um, I I come from a predominantly sales background, but I do have a lettings team, um, and it's always just having this internal optimism that it will be okay, and taking that optimism to the team and out to the to the workplace. And I don't think I've been particularly impacted by the fact that I'm female. I've been I've benefited from it because I've had those strong women in my family. No, I I I, I agree. I don't think it's impacted me one way or the other. And I come from a a family where my dad didn't think girls needed to be educated oh I know <laughs> amazing I know but it's just it's just yeah it's, it's more to do with personality determination I, and and like Kate I'm very much a my glass is always almost full to the brim I'm a very positive person and I think that's got nothing to do with my gender that's just the way I am it's, yeah so Donna, would you agree as well? It's about the person, not the gender. Of yeah, course. I don't. Th yeah, I don't think my career's been hindered. Obviously, once when you've had children, I, I then went back to part time. But then, it's not hindered my career where I started. You know, I started as an office junior, went on to a senior negotiator. Now, 
you know, manager. So I think it certainly, yeah, hasn't stopped me because again, like you said, I'm, I'm the type of person I've always, I want to be the best version of myself and I want to keep going and I'm always, yeah, optimistic and, and want things to happen. And, and I just think, yeah, that's not gender. I think that's just me as a person. I want the best. One thing you did say in there, Donna, is that you went part-time when you had your children? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my two, my two boys. Two they're grown, yeah, they've grown up now. One's 25 and the other's 18. So, yeah, with that, I again, I did feel a, at the time I was a bit torn because, as in I wanted to work and I, I needed to, to work really to, to help, you know, with the bills. Um, but my family um, were kind of say you know that I, I was I felt good mum guilt as they call it you know I'm going to work and and my sister's got videos of my eldest when he she's taking them out on days out and she used to joke saying that she had an, another child at that time because I was always at work so that's my my only you know kind of guilt um looking back I think um but I still enjoyed all those milestones and I wasn't totally at work all the time but I did feel yeah I, I did feel guilty how long ago was that Donna that was with my eldest so that was often 23 years ago so do you think that in the past last 23 years there's been advancements and on, as to how we help women to thrive in the workplace in terms of offering them more flexibility. Maybe you guys offer flexible working in your offices. Yeah, um, definitely. I think with, and I think obviously COVID has played, played a part in that as well with all workforces in uh, the flexible working, um, not just for, for mums, for mothers. And um, yeah, I certainly think that's that's helped. Um, personally, for myself, I've always gone into the office. I haven't worked from home. Um, that's just how my, our setup is, um, only through COVID. Um, but I like working from an office, and I feel like I I can produce more when I'm in an office and and away from distractions. It's a real challenge, of course, isn't it? Because um, you know, I think where we are today with the cost of living crisis and mortgages about to go up etc so as a mother of a, of a new child you may as as you did as my wife did at the time Donna mm. had to go back to work to pay the bills um and it you know it's the the price of the price of of inflation I guess or cost of living and evolution or whatever it may be is that there's that guilt that you have on one hand which is I'd rather be at home and, and be with my child but on the other hand I also need to put food on the table and pay for the bills I guess, you know, that's one of the biggest challenges that working mums have, potentially. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I've never been one, as you can see. So I, um, two of my team have got primary school age children. Um, one of my regrets, actually, about working when my kids were young was that I always put work before family. And I'm not saying I, I worked part time, so I didn't miss a huge amount. But my work was my priority, which looking back was wrong so I'm really keen for for my staff who who have got young children that if they have to be home because the kids are sick I mean I know it's easier now because we can all work from home but I always say you know the world's not going to come to an end if you can't come into the office um but you can't miss these are really really important things that you can't miss so you've got to prioritize your family mm. no, no one ever died wishing they'd spent more time in the office that's for sure 
I mean, my experience is um, I, I work part time when my children were um, small in agency and then I uh, then developed into a full time role. Um, but my uh, because of my experience, I think if any of my staff need to go somewhere, if they need to take the children to the doctor, if they've got to go to parents evening or whatever, just go because um, you're only going to be distracted if you're at work. You're much better going. Now, the age group of my staff now is most of them are uh, middle aged. So we're now going from what was critical in dealing with um, uh, childcare is now moving on to the menopause, but also looking after elderly parents, be you a, a male or female member of the team. And obviously the grieving process, if a member of the family dies and all of those things are equally important and you've just got to give your time. Um, the staff need the time to go off and do what they need to do. And then they'll come back and be able to, to get back into work if they've just had that time off. And it's being able to give them that flexibility is so important, I think. Completely agree because life, you know, life is life. It's not a dress rehearsal, is it? And mm. um, what I'm hearing here is that people have had an experience. Um, you've had your own experience, but then maybe thinking about others with their new experience. So, so Lou, you're saying, you know, I did this, and it's a regret, but I'm going to allow people that work with me now to have a choice. And it, and it is also okay to be a mum that wants to go back to work as well. That you, do, you, that you don't want to stay at home. It's, it's an individual choice thing, isn't it? Just in the same way that I've got some male friends that have chosen to be the to stay at home and look after their children whilst the mothers have gone out to work. Um, it's good to have that that freedom. But mm. there's, some, there's some learning that's been passed on. And Kate, mm. you're absolutely right, is that as time goes on, challenges in life do change as well, don't they? Mm. Um, and one of the things I always say is that happiness is not the avoidance of problem, but it's the ability to deal with them. And if you've got an employer that is very, very sympathetic to individual needs, particularly with time, then that's one of the most um, powerful gifts you can give, I think. Mm. So on the topic of helping women to thrive in the workplace, we've obviously spoken a little bit about pregnancy, but then there's the other end of the kind of age scale where you get to menopause and that obviously does affect so many women and in so many different ways so do you think Donna let's come to you first do you think it's important that employers think about making allowances for women that are going through the menopause I definitely do as I'm now starting to go through perimenopause and actually going through seeing the effects of it um, I'm lucky at the moment it's not affecting me daily in my workplace but we're mindful of um finding anything we may need like, like fans for cooling down or if they need some time out um and yeah i certainly with, with our workplace we're quite open which is very nice with us women in the workplace probably too open sometimes when uh, tony comes walking into the office but um <laughs> we do you know everyone knows you know of, of, if we always ask how everyone's also feeling each day as they come through the door in the morning and and um i am always i'm so open so i'm always saying that i'm perimenopause when i have a bit of brain fog because sometimes i've had i'm talking to my colleague across the room and suddenly i've forgotten her name and <laughs> i'm <laughs> totally and i just go perry <laughs> so i think um it's certainly now being uh, discussed more in the workplace and I also think we've got Davina McCall to thank as well with bringing her book out and discussing the menopause um, because that certainly has um, 
brought it to the forefront of what we actually do go through. And it's not that it's, you know, it, it could be for years. Uh, it's not like a cold or flu where you know you're going to get better in the next week or two. It can go on for a long time. And Lou, have you had any experience of kind of menopause in the workplace? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's so interesting because I think up until a few years ago, it was one of those subjects that just never got talked about. No one ever mentioned menopause. And I have no idea why. Sort of people talked about, you know, periods and menstruation. That came a lot earlier. But for some reason, menopause was just a complete no-go area. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, maybe it, I don't know how it all changed, but now it's it's almost becoming a bit fun to talk about it. Um, I mean, you have to. <laughs> Donna, yeah, poor Donna. No, uh, I'm out the other side, so I can laugh at it. Yeah. But rather than just being embarrassed by the symptoms and by what you're going through, hmm. um, I think people now are much more at ease about admitting what they're going through and making sure the window's open or they've got a fan or whatever it is. That, you know. um, but it wasn't always like that. And that it is definitely much more helpful in a workplace to be able to be open about these things because it's just embarrassing otherwise. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the kind of biggest advancement is just how open people are about it now. And in time, it will just become second nature in that if you are having a, a bad, particularly bad day with it, you do need to take a sick day rather than maybe some women in the past might have felt that kind of that kind of, like you say, embarrassment of thinking, I don't need a sick day for this. It's just the menopause. But now we know it's not just the menopause. There's more kind of understanding as to as to what it is as well. And like you say, Donna, a lot of that we have to thank Davina McCall for. Yeah, but it I think it's, it's, you know, if, if somebody had a, um, a bad back, uh, an employer would maybe get them a different chair or a, or a raised keypad or something like that. that, that you know, there's you have a, the obligation, don't you, as an employer to look after it and provide a, a, a safe and effective workplace. It's exactly the same thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it's got to be through discussion and, and uh, you know, need a needs-based environment. Um, but absolutely, it should be dealt with appropriately and effectively. So I think that that's a really good point to come to a close. I do just want to ask you all quickly, and I don't know if you've had time to prepare this, have you got a female leader or a woman that inspires you? Doesn't necessarily have to be a leader. It could be a celebrity. It could be a member of your family. Is there anyone that springs to mind that inspires you? I've got. Oh, I've got two actually. Um, one was the Queen because I think um, she gave her whole life to service um, without a complaint. Um, or a grumble and I think for her to have done that is just someone that we need to look up to um, and admire and the second one was a bit of um, a curveball for me but I did hear her speak um, at the Hay Festival it's Hillary Clinton um, she was again someone that I think she was she was the best president that the US never had when I heard her speak she was so inspiring and she spoke with such confidence and authority on such a huge range of political topics um, that I was just in complete awe of her when I sat and, and listened to her I thought she was absolutely fantastic and she didn't didn't grumble once through any of her life's trials and tribulations she just got stuck in and got got on with it which I think um is something that I like to um try and do don't always manage it but I do try and do it yeah, I was going to, obviously, the Queen is is just, yeah, mm. I think no one can top, unfortunately, the, the, the Queen and what she's given to our country. Um, 
there's others in different sectors, I would say. Um, you know, there's obviously football, um, there's Karen Brady, for instance, in the Birmingham City Managing Director, I was, you know, for her work, um, for pop, Madonna, if you want to say, you know, she is the, again, Queen of Pop. Um, Michelle Obama, I really thought for her, she was the first African-American, you know, first lady. Um, and you, you could say we haven't touched on political here, but um, Margaret Thatcher, obviously, in in her day, you know, as well, certainly led our country, um, you know, well, <laughs> we, we all know, but yeah, certainly, again, she knew, you know, she stuck to, to her guns what she wanted and what she was going to do and led the country, you know, so, um, yeah, there, there are a few of mine that I would say inspire me. Brilliant. Lou, have you got anyone to add? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking more of this as a professional point of view. And for me, it's Sally Lawson's name, I'm sure oh, yes. you know, um, who has had a phenomenal impact on me and the growth of the business. I can't remember the, last, the first time I heard her speak, but it's kind of, oh, OK, mm. I need to go meet this woman and hear what it's all mm. about. Um, so she's she's had a huge impact on me, I should say, pro definitely professionally and, and personally as well. She's a very inspiring and strong woman. Do you know what I would when you said the first time you heard Sally speak, you had that feeling. I had that exact same feeling when I we spoke to her on the podcast last year, Ian. And I think I felt genuinely starstruck by her because she was mm. so knowledgeable and so just eloquent and brilliant. But I I think the Queen as well is one of my top ones. And I love that we've got real, like Donna said, real trail blazers as well. Real vast range of women in there that was brilliant okay well I think I'm ready to bring this to a close Ian unless you've got anything to add no it's been a pleasure to um, be with you all today so thank you very much indeed really enjoyed it no me too thank you very much brilliant. thank you so much ladies and we'll hopefully speak to you soon bye now bye yeah bye, bye.